This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It's Monday. We're doing more questions in preparation of the neonatology boards. Daphna, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. You know, we're we're well into January for those people taking taking the boards, you know. But there's still plenty of time, I think, to, yeah. to knock out a lot of questions and you know, we had an email uh, received not too long ago. And as, as we're talking about this, I realized we haven't responded to this person just yet. I mean, we got the email yesterday, so it's not too bad from the time of this recording. But somebody asking us about uh, questions, what kind of questions do we talk about when we talk mm-hmm. about questions? And I think I just wanted to make sure that we were transparent about all the questions that are out there, because mm-hmm. um, there's lots of opportunities to find questions and I'm not going to go into which one is better. I think they all have different styles, but obviously yeah. you must be familiar if you're listening to this podcast with the Brodsky and Martin Neonatology Review book series, and they have two question books. So they have two question books. One of them is a, is a Q&A books, which is the one we're using to actually review questions. And then there's another one for specifically images. It's another mm-hmm. great, great book, not great, not lending itself to a podcast uh, review right. because it's only images, but definitely I would check this out. Since we're talking about Dr. Brodsky and Martin, Dr. Dara Brodsky has a book of cases, which basically has a few cases and they go through questions in sequence as the case evolves. I would say this is interesting for studying, not so relevant, I would say, for the boards. I, I mean, I did them, but I think uh, I think that was that was that was okay. Um, it's something I use much more for teaching in the units, but not so much for board review. Then we have obviously the stat pearls. We've posted about that. They have a question bank. And to be fair, those question banks look okay. They look very short, very to the point, helpful in my opinion for studying, but I didn't use these for studying. Um, so I don't uh, I don't know what the value is, practically speaking. Um, then there are the neoprep questions mm-hmm. that are the questions available through the AP Pedialink website. Um, and these are the questions written by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And these are the questions you get like monthly. There's like eight of them per month. And they're long. They're hard. They're tough. Um, but these are, in my opinion, uh, excellent questions. Uh, yeah. They definitely do not reflect what's asked on the test in terms of the format. You do not get questions this long with that many details. The questions on the board feel much shorter, much more to the point. However, yeah, I, think, I think doing those tests can feel very, those questions can be, feel very um, depressing, disheartening. Yes, <laughs> disheartening yeah. because, because you, you're not going to get them right on the first pass. Yeah, you feel like oh, I studied this, this, and the questions are tough, but very good for review. Very good for review, especially because um, I would say that the topic being tested is usually very high yield. And even totally. if the question might feel like a bit esoteric, then read the answer choices, and the answer, the answer of each question are very, very valuable to study from. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I kind of don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. But my friends and I in fellowship, we basically, I think you, your subscription expires. Yeah. So we had like a, 
a folder where we had downloaded the questions from Neoprep so that we could use them for review. And it's tricky, right? Because I think when I took the boards, I had all the way back to 2010. But then you're like, well, some of these questions are no longer relevant. Right. It's like, we don't manage yeah, this. Yeah, I actually think it's it's potentially not so valuable to go back like 10 years, yeah. but like yeah. three, four, three, I think. Three, five years, yeah. And it's yeah. not that many because if you think about it, it's like 10 questions a month. There's 12 months, so it's yeah. about 120 questions. You could go through a lot of them. I would say I did as many of these questions as I could. That was very helpful in figuring out what they like to test, some some concepts right. that are kind of like, so that that was very helpful. And then what kind of other questions are there? There was a first aid book that was uh, written by, I'm going to check. Uh, do you remember first aid for the boards? I think yeah. it was. Uh, I bought the book, but I don't think I ever used it. Yeah, me too. I it's called uh, first aid uh, first aid for neonatology board. I think. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna find it. But I think it. I think the the problem with that book um, is that um, they went through one edition. Um, and yeah, and I think there was a first aid for the peds board. There was one for the peds board, and then. Anyway, I but actually, they, but the that 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 first aid for the peds boards has neonatology topics in it. Yeah, so there's there's something called the McGraw Hill Education Specialty Board Review. It's uh, neonatal perinatal medicine. Sadly enough, first author was Ira Adams Chapman, but I think that book has questions, and you see they say on the cover clinical vignette with board style Q and A. So I don't know when is the last time this was edited, considering that mm-hmm. Doctor. Ch- Adams Chapman is no longer yeah, it was best, published but... in what 2015. Yeah, so that was another book that exists out there. You can check it out. And then there's a, the only other book that I know is questions from. Yeah, go ahead. No, you were going to say something. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last set of questions that I know of is something called questions from Neo Reviews. Mm-hmm. It's uh, published by the AAP, mm-hmm. and its first author is Henry Lee. Um, and these questions, if I'm not mistaken, are questions that are taken from the back of the Neo Reviews article. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's critical for people to realize. This book of questions from Neo Reviews are not the book of Neo Prep questions. So right. they're two different things. Uh, the Neo Prep questions you access online through the PDL Link website. The Neo Reviews question book thingy is a book from edited by Henry Lee and and some other authors. Yeah, there it's, a, it's an amazing resource, particularly for fellows, like to get the the book, the bulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 these and questions, go in depth. Yeah. yeah, but these questions are based on Neo Reviews article. Agree, and they can yeah. they can be very very specific. Right, they can be sometimes testing stuff that is not high yield at all. And I'm going to be very honest. I got frustrated going through the book yeah. as I was reviewing. Uh, yeah. So, agreed. I did. Um, I did do half of it probably, and then I it, it was going into great, great details for certain topics, whether it was perinatal medicine, maternal management of certain pathologies, and I was like, I am fed up. I am going to just because the problem is that I, I had time. I reviewed for the boards and for March, then COVID. So mm-hmm. they postponed and mm-hmm. I, I had to basically continue working on this until August. And I kept going through resources, like burning through resources. But this one is the one that I was like, these are great questions, but this is not going to help me pass the board. So I did not go through all of them. My go-to resources were the Brodsky and Martin book series, all of them. 
and um, the neo prep questions were the ones that I did. So, I yeah, hope that- I agree, and I think actually having all of the questions. I mean, maybe you you could probably get through all of the questions that exist, right, in all of the resources. But I think most people aren't going to be able to do that. I think it's no. better to use some really good, strong resources, get all the way through, because then you start to see the patterns um, about the things that are really highly tested. How many tested. ways they can ask about one That's specific right. topic. That's exactly I mean, we right. found ourselves in a very peculiar position. They told That's us right. very late they were not going to hold the boards. And so you're ready to take the boards in March. And then they're like, yeah, because of COVID, everything is on hold. And then you're like, well, now what? Like, I got to keep studying. And so right, it felt- Right, stay fresh. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was actually very, very hard. Um, but yeah, so interestingly enough, at that time, that's when Broski Martin came out with a new series of books. That's so right. So I was like, all right, I got five books to read now. I'm just going to go through all of them. But yeah. Um, I get, we get a lot of, I see a lot of questions on social media too about the board prep courses. And obviously uh, we don't have any say or sway for any of those courses, but they do offer other questions. Most of them have a pretest and a protest and some question opportunities there. You did not take any prep yeah, I'm, courses. I'm not a I'm not a passive learner. I gotta sit down in a I gotta lock right. myself up in a room and, and open the book right. and just sit and read. And I did the opposite because like you said, I actually I did not take the boards in August. I deferred the boards so I had a lot of time. So I actually have taken all of, of the prep courses? courses, all of them, the biggies, yeah. all three. And you <laughs> so. said that, and you said that the, I mean, we don't work for Mednax, so we really have no, we have no, vested right. but you said, but you said the one given by Mednax was quite good. Yeah. I think it is the most specific to the, te- I think it's the highest yield to the I test. See. And they really, it is a, it is eight hours a day for what, five, six days. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot. Um, you can get a lot done in a very short amount of time. If you can make the trip, do the costs, have the childcare, stuff like that. And then sure. the AAP many, opportunities many... Um, are more flexible, I think. They're mm-hmm. shorter. There's one that's virtual. Uh, or many, I think many, they people, offer both in virtual form. Many people will uh, get this reimbursed by their employer sometimes. So you should ask. Yeah, absolutely. So ask, always, always ask. I found out that our employer pays for so many things that I didn't know about. That you didn't know about. You told me. Until so you like, asked. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We almost burned through the entirety of a whole episode talking about that, <laughs> but I think it was worthwhile. Yeah. I think we keep getting these questions. We keep seeing them posted on social media. Um, and so uh, the other question, I'm sorry, maybe we just have to get through this whole episode. We do get a lot of questions about people who have not passed the boards for the on the first attempt. And I would say potentially didn't do enough questions. Maybe, maybe, or everybody studies differently. Like you study totally differently than I study. So if Uh I try to do it your way, that wouldn't work for me. So I think you just got to remember, like you passed, you know, the MCAT and your USMLE. And so like whatever worked for you, to get through those, your PEDS boards, your ITE, whatever worked for you to study that way, that's the way you should study. You don't have to do it my way or Ben's way. No, or- you don't. You don't. And I've, 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 thankfully, I've passed my boards on the on the first attempt, but I've yeah. failed exams in the in the past. And I think to me, um, when you fail an exam, my my reasoning through um, how to restudy is number one, um, you, 
the people that tell us I've failed is rarely like, I got two questions right on the test, right? It's never that bad. That you're oh, like, and, I, they're, and they're bright people. Yeah, yeah. Good so, doctors. Yeah. yeah. So my point is usually, you know most of the stuff already. Yeah. So, so you, it's not about changing wholesale everything you've, you've done because you, you probably studied well enough to get 60%, 70% of the questions right. It's that 5% that, that got you. And so I think that to me, what that meant whenever I found myself in that position is, all right, I need to be honing in on what I thought might be a bit esoteric. Like I got to start knowing more stuff in more details. Yeah, right. And just because you think, just because you don't think it's high yield, because we rarely see it. There are yeah. just a few things they love to test on. You know? Yeah. And, and to me, that's advice number one. So you're, you're probably going to need to go into these low yield sections and say, all right, I, I cannot lose points on these sections, whether it is ENT, uh, ortho, ortho, whatever that is in neonatology, you're like, all right, I got, I got to know this cold. And then the key also is to not let yourself sidetracked by these esoteric stuff and forget the basics that you had learned because you, you still need to know the basics mm -hmm. and you have to build confidence on the basic stuff because in my opinion, what I found when in med school, for example, I mean, I'm going to be very upfront. Like I failed a, a couple of exams during med school. Like I forget when, but the thing is, when you retake the test, you're so paranoid that you're like, ooh, that's yeah, a trap. Ooh, I'm tough. trying. I think this is this sensor, but I, it might be this. You got to know your basics so well that you're not going to get fooled by an outlier choice. And you're going to be able to confidently say, well, this is necrotizing enterocolitis and this is not a perforation because I know, I know that this doesn't fit, right? And build that confidence on the high yield stuff so that you don't... Um, really have too much paranoia during the exam because that builds up and you're like, oh my God, this is not going well now and this is going to happen again. And you start really, go, you really start getting rattled. So, yeah. so. And I think, I mean, that speaks to, I mean, test taking strategies too. I think uh, like for me, it was some of these stat questions, okay? <laughs> these stat calculations. And I could spend, I could blow eight minutes, right? And yeah. then you sometimes you just got to cut your losses and move move on, right? Yeah. If it's a question you think you just, you can work on and get, then you work on it. If not, you just got to, you just got to push through. Um, I like to study with other people. You don't, but yeah. I think what we do on, on the podcast actually is we do some test taking strategies. Your, your test taking strategy is a little bit different than mine, but I think it's helpful. Um, to see how other people are thinking through the questions because that's the other thing. There are only five choices. So you don't always have to know the answer. You just have to know the best of the yeah. five choices um, yeah. also. And, and that's why um, all the things that we do sometimes. So for example, I would say read the actual question itself before the vignette so that when you read the vignette, you're like, all right, this is gearing towards this question. Let me look for all the clues that I know how to look. It might avoid you reading the question twice. And then before you look at the answer choices, then say, do I know the answer to this? Like, oh yeah, this is like, I don't know, factor seven, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I know this. And then this way, when the question, when you open up the choices and you're like, oh yeah, there you go, factor seven, it's here. You don't let yourself go, well, could it be the other? It's like, no, 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 no. So I know this. sometimes don't let yourself be distracted by the answer choices. If you can figure it out before the answer choices are even given to you, 
Um, yeah, there's a French TV show that works like that. So they ask you a question. It's like a trivia show. And then you can say either, I think it's like, uh, the, the word is cash. They say, I, I know this like cold. Or you can say, mm-hmm. I want like, um, you can say, I want four answer, four choices or two choices. Meaning like, I really don't know. I just need like two answer choices to, be, to pick from. But I think this is the way you should approach it. Saying like, I know this. I don't need the answer choices. I actually know the answer. Or you can say, all right, I have no clue. Let me look at the choices and maybe try to figure it out from there. And there, there are some questions on the test like that where you're like, this is too easy. They're trying to trick me, but they're not. not. You just, just, if you know the answer, just put down the answer that you know, you know, yeah. don't let them try to. And they're trying you. to make but sure. There are enough hard questions. Yeah. They're trying to are... make sure you're, you're competent <laughs> yeah. to just take care of babies. So yeah. it's not about identifying the most knowledgeable physician at identifying zebras. It's like, you, sometimes you got to know that. RDS is RDS and you just need surfactant and that's that's it. That's the question. That's it. Just move on. Right? Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder that uh, it's it's not the hottest topics, right? It's not going to be the new literature from the last five years. It's going to be the stuff that is that we claim to know. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. As a community, as a field. So that's Absolutely. Thing. And, and um, I was going to say like it's it's if something you read something in the vignette and you're like, ooh, that's odd that they would mention this, then when that gut feeling pops up, you should say, okay, that's that's unusual, right? Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, if you're reading about a kid with RDS and you say it's RDS, but then somehow they mention that the chest is asymmetric, you're like, okay, that's that, that, that's something else, then, right? Just don't don't ignore these little wake up calls that sometimes be like, ooh, that's not normal. Why are they mentioning that? Anyway, there is a highlight function on the test. Yeah. It, there was at least I like the highlight function. And I'm you can mark also the questions yeah. to go back to. I've, right. I've used that. Um, so those are some other things they do let you play in the test beforehand. So I would take the time to do that one from a learning about the test perspective, but also it gives you just like a few minutes to just like calm down and center yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think people should take those opportunities even if you don't feel like you want to. Yeah, I mean, make sure you're comfortable the day of, just you're settled in, make sure the mouse works, make sure all the functions of the computer work because my screen turned off during my test. Stop and, uh, it. Don't even tell a, the people that. That was interesting. But I mean, yeah, you raise, it's like, all right, like you raise your hand, somebody comes, they fix it, and then you're, you're back on track. But it's, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a doomsday. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds uh, terrible. Okay, you guys pretend you didn't hear that. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The tech is going to go great. No yeah. problem. No, no, this is, yeah. All right. Should okay. we uh, should we adjourn and see it and, and, and start resume questions tomorrow? I hope this was yeah. helpful. I hope this is helpful. You guys got this. You got this. You know this stuff. And we'll just keep burning through questions until test day. Yeah. And last piece of advice. I know we do this all the time, but... Don't always assume that because you do something in your unit, it's evidence-based. Mm-hmm. I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry to say that. I am so sorry to say that. It's every unit has little um, legacy, yeah. <laughs> some legacy management stuff that they do that you're like, we never do this, right? We were, Daphne and I were just talking about this off-air, about the jet ventilator. And we say how our unit tendency is not to drop the rate below 300, right? And that's there's no evidence like you can actually drop the rate a little bit below 300 that's that's no problem but in our unit it's very much frowned upon right so just be careful that it's not because that's how you 
if you really have no clue about an answer and you just say, this is how we do, this is how we manage in our institution. I got no clue. I'm just going to just answer how we do it. Fine. But do not assume that because the docs at your institution do something one way, it's always the right way. Make sure it's, you've, you correlate that with what's in the books <laughs> and in the evidence. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say, um, transfusion, oh, transfusion yeah. guidelines are a great example. Some people, yeah. some institutions may be very liberal with how they transfuse. Some people may be very restrictive. You got to know where the evidence stands these days because uh, that, that might be asked, you know? Yeah. And, but I will say it's only January, but as that test approaches, you're like, gosh, I learned so much stuff. Yeah. Why did I learn that? Why did I know that already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I, I think that when you start feeling that way, like I didn't know that and I really learned it. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So yep. you'll get there. And the last piece of advice, if something is really you getting said you, you were giving the last, I piece know of it. it just keeps coming up, but if there's a piece of, of, of the test that you're like, you're worried about whether it's your recycle defects, then don't leave it for the last day and just keep doing runs of it. Just like say, all right, I'm going to review them once this week. I'm not going to memorize them. I'm not going to know them, but I'm just going to do a little dry run. I'm going to review them. And then you review them again. Mm-hmm. And then the last week you say, okay, now I'm going to procrastinate them. But when that time comes, you've, you've read four or five times already. So maybe it's a little bit easier. So don't push too many things for the last week because the last week of the test, you want to review the high yield stuff. You, you want to make sure you know the, the things that are going to give you the points. All right, Daphna. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at nikupodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.